Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes. Again, my name is Brian and I have been a diehard Yankees fan of the New York Yankees. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So this week on the Historic Pinstripes podcast, I'm going to be talking about the uh, Yankee potential Hall of Famers um, and basically, I just kind of wanted to talk about this because obviously last week we got the announcement that Scott Rowland is going to be in the Hall of Fame, and I just felt like this was an, an appropriate um, episode for a Yankees podcast and historic pinstripes, especially uh, with Yankees history. And I just felt like that Scott Rowland, don't get me wrong, he's, he's a, he was a great player in his time. I, I don't know if you can necessarily compare him to guys like uh, – Mike Schmidt, um, if you look at his numbers. But, I mean, it's interesting because before with the Hall of Fame, 3,000 hits was kind of a bar. But nowadays it's not really a bar. And there's some guys, like even on the Yankees and other teams as well, that are not in the Hall of Fame that could be. Um, like maybe a Dale Murphy who's kind of like on that line, similar to a Don Mattingly or Thurman Munson. Or even um, someone who doesn't really get that much recognition. Well, Willie Randolph actually had a had a very good playing career, and so did uh, Bernie Williams had a very good playing career, and Paul O'Neill I would say had a very good playing career. I don't know if Paul O'Neill is necessarily a Hall of Famer because if you look at some of his numbers, I don't I don't think he has enough. Greg Nettles though, I think he could be. Um, He's probably got a chance, but I think maybe he played too long. He played 22 seasons, and his career average was 248, which is kind of low for a Hall of Famer. He did hit 390 home runs. But um, either way, I do like Scott Rowland. Um, he, he was a fantastic defensive th third baseman, um, and he got on base a lot. He had a 281 career batting average. I'm getting right into this topic here. Uh, so Scott Rowland had a 281 career batting average in 17 seasons. He had eight gold gloves, um, three, 316 home runs, 2,077 hits in his career. He also had a 118 stolen bases. He had 369 on-base percentage, a, uh, a 122 on-base plus slugging adjusted, which basically, as I've mentioned before, is just your overall offensive output, basically. Anything over 100 is, is pretty much means you're you're a very very good to great player, and I would say that's the, that's true for Scott Rowland, um, considering his is 122. Um, his RBIs he has uh, 1287 for his career, 17 seasons as I said, in his playing career. So if you put that up against a guy like, um, let's start with Don Mattingly, he played 14 seasons for the Yankees compared to 17 seasons with uh, Scott Rowland. Roland, I believe, did have his injury problems, but not to the extent of Don Mattingly's injury history. However, Mattingly never really, he never really lost a lot of playing time. The only season I think that he really didn't play a lot was 1990. Um, but even then, I think he still played, he played more than you'd think if you look up his, his uh, career statistics. Um, but he had uh, 14 seasons compared to Scott Rowland's 17 seasons. He even won one more gold glove than Scott Rowland. He had nine gold gloves compared to eight for Scott Rowland. They're still very close, and they're still both great defensive um, infielders. Uh, Mattingly, of course, at first, Rowland at third. Uh, Mattingly had a 307 batting average in 14 seasons, 2,153 hits, which I found interesting 
Don Mattingly basically had 100 more hits in his career than Scott Rowland did, and he played three less seasons than Scott Rowland. He had a 222 home runs. Of course, Scott Rowland had 316. Um, 1,099 RBIs for Don Mattingly and 1,287 by Scott Rowland. Um, 358 on-base percentage for Don Mattingly, 364 for Scott Rowland. 122 OPS plus, of course, for Scott Rowland, as I mentioned, and 127 OPS plus for Don Mattingly. So if you look at those numbers right there, I mean, you could see that Scott Rowland played more as far. The only difference is that, the, um, and not many people still, some voters don't always go by hits, but, I mean, I still think that's a, I mean, hits is a big thing. Like, you you need hits, and, and Mattingly, obviously, he got on base a lot more. Um, and Mattingly, obviously, was a, a better contact hitter than Scott Rowland. I mean, he hit 307 in 14 seasons, of course, so he had more hits, but he still had 100 more hits than Scott Rowland. If he had ended up playing another three more seasons, he probably... I don't think he would have had 3,000 hits, but I, I do think that his numbers are definitely worthy of more consideration, um, especially now with steroids and some of those steroid guys are not really getting the, the their due. And I, I guess you can say it's justified because, I mean, they did cheat in, in the game. So, I mean, you, you, like, I mean... I think if I think if you let them let one of them in, you kind of gotta let them all in. But at the same time, though, too, how do you know? Sometimes, like there are some guys who were like on lists that are in the Hall of Fame or that were speculated of being of having used steroids, um, like maybe a, a Jeff Bagwell or Mike Piazza. I'm not saying those guys did steroids. They probably they probably they might not have done steroids, um, and and may, they probably didn't, but. Just that speculation, I think, I can see why some of the writers would kind of shy away from any of that and just want to go with some of these guys that are kind of like on the border, like maybe a Scott Rowland. I mean, in my opinion, I think he was more on the border. Not everybody would think that, I'm sure, and that's fine too. Um, but anyway, so uh, that, that those are some of uh, Mattingly's numbers. Um, you know, he had more gold gloves, more hits. Um, he also had a higher OPS plus, um, and um, but, but I think ultimately I th I think I think basically Scott Rowland and Don Mattingly were very equal players, and I I I don't necessarily think I think that if you put Scott Rowland in the Hall of Fame, I think you you could make a case for Don Mattingly um, being a Hall of Famer. Um, just, just by that, and and not just automatically, but a lot of other players too, probably. Um, and uh, another guy I would add to that is possibly this guy, though he played a lot less seasons, and and obviously Thurman Munson had that tragic plane accident. He had 292, played only 11 seasons. Um, he still had 1,558 hits, um, with which his batting average was higher than Rowland's, but of course he played like five six less seasons than Scott Rowland. Um, he had 113 home runs, 701 RBIs. He was an MVP, won three gold gloves. Um, he was a leader, captain, of course. Mattingly, of course, also was a captain as well. Um, uh, Scott Rowland I'm not as familiar with, so I don't know his leadership style and if he was a leader for the Cardinals and the Phillies 
um, who were the teams that Scott Rowland played for. Um, however, looking at Thurman Munson's numbers, I, th I think it's more of a stretch. Um, like even his OPS plus, for instance, which measures your overall career offensive output, uh, Munson's was 116 compared to uh, 127 for Mattingly and 122 for uh, Scott Rowland. So if you go by that, Mattingly is a Hall of Famer, just like Scott Rowland. Um, however, um, I mean, he's obviously, Mattingly is not a Hall of Famer, but if you compare his numbers to Scott Rowland, you could definitely make a very good case for Don Mattingly to be a Hall of Famer. But however, I think for Thurman Munson, it's kind of, it's kind of too bad because he was definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. And it's really a tragedy that his season was cut so short, of course, not just his season, his life as well. Um, but regardless, I, it would be kind of cool if the Hall of Fame did do something for Thurman Munson. I don't know if they have. I would imagine they do have things in the Hall of Fame for Thurman Munson. But, I mean, Thurman Munson was a great player. And it seems like sometimes um, the Baseball Hall of Fame, in my opinion, is more of a... It's, to me, it's, it's more of a historical museum. And you kind of want to have, like, I really think that really all the steroid guys should be in there. They should just have a steroid wing of the Hall of Fame or something like that anyway. You know, kind of something to to to, to kind of um, delineate each era of, you know, the baseball hall, the, the what's happened in baseball. So that way, um, someday kids can see uh, what, what happened before they were, way before they were even born. Um, but anyway, that's just my opinion. And uh, another guy I wanted to compare uh, Roland's numbers to was Bernie Williams. Who Bernie Williams also hit 297 in his career. He had a 16. Uh, he played in 16 seasons compared to Scott Roland. Uh, he played 17 seasons. Um, so, so Bernie Williams is probably a really good case to uh, compare to because Roland and Bernie played about the same amount of time, and actually they played during the same era too. Um, Bernie actually had more hits in one less season. He had 2,336 hits compared to Roland's 2,077 hits in 17 seasons. Bernie only had four gold gloves. Um, however, he did have a 381 on base percentage. Scott Rowland had a 364 on base percentage. Um, he had Scott Rowland, of course, had 1287 RBIs, and uh, Bernie Williams had 1257 RBIs in his career. And he also had a 125 OPS plus compared to a 122 OPS plus, of, again, by Scott Rowland. Um, so, I mean, if you really look at the numbers, Bernie Williams, if Mattingly's a Hall of Famer, and I'm not saying he is, I'm saying, I mean, I'm a little partial to Don Mattingly, too, of course, as I mentioned. Don Mattingly was my favorite player growing up. He was my first, the first player I really liked watching because the way that he played the game was just, he was just, one of those blue-collar guys that most fans um, really enjoy watching, kind of like a Brett Gardner. If you're a Red Sox fan, it's Dustin Pedroia. Um, and obviously there's other guys I'm not mentioning, but the, the, the list can go on and on. Um, Bernie Williams, for me, I think he has even more of a chance of being a Hall of Famer now that Scott Rowland's in. Because if you look at his numbers, and I wouldn't have thought that before, but if you look at his numbers, he really like he's really got a good chance the only thing with Bernie is that he they, he had a lot of other guys in front of him and he was kind of not looked at as a superstar because 
Bernie was more of a guy who kind of liked to be in the shadows. And, I mean, I wouldn't say that he wasn't a leader, but he didn't need to be a leader because, obviously, they had Jeter and they had Posada. They had Pettit, Rivera. Um, so they didn't really need Bernie to be the leader. I mean, he had he could be he could step up if they needed him, but he wasn't he didn't have to be that guy. Um, so I mean, I guess you could say that. However, if you're talking about postseason, Scott Rowland, of course, had that. I think it was 2004 in the NLCS. He had a big home run against Roger Clemens, um, and the World Series that he won with the St. Louis Cardinals, um, or he helped win with, with the St. Louis Cardinals against the Detroit Tigers in 2006. Um, uh, Scott Rowland had a very, very good World Series at, and I think he had like over 400. Bernie Williams, of course, his postseason numbers are, they speak for themselves. He's a, he was a great clutch hitter, Bernie Williams. Um, so I, I really think that out of all the Yankee, out of all the Yankees of the list of, uh, that I, that I wrote down here, uh, before I started this, of all the Yankees that could be Hall of Famers, I think Bernie is one that, I think he's going to be at the top of the list if you look at his numbers and compare them to somebody like Scott Rowland, who is now in the Hall of Fame. So I would say it's uh, Bernie and Don Mattingly. Um, Thurman Munson, though, I, I think, I feel, like I said, I feel like they should do something for him. His numbers don't really indicate that he's a Hall of Famer. So I, I don't think he maybe should be a Hall of Famer. But I, like I said, it's it, the Hall of Fame, sometimes I feel like the Hall of Fame, something should be done I feel like there's something wrong with the way that the Hall of Fame is 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 being done, like the, the, the way that they're using the Hall of Fame. I feel like they need to, like it's it's got to kind of stop being something for just the greatest of the great players. Like obviously, yes, you want to have your greatest players of all time be featured, and that's great, and you want that. But you want your, you want the Hall of Fame to also be a place for, the history of baseball and to know about some of these other guys like Thurman Munson was a, he was a historical, like he was a great player in his day, but he only played 11 seasons. You look at his numbers. He's not a hall of fame candidate. He's just not, I wish he was. Um, however, you could make the case that if he played more, he would be a hall of famer and therefore he is a hall of famer. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, a tough uh, line there. Um, in my opinion, like I said, the, the the one that has the best chance, I think, will be Bernie and Don Mattingly. But uh, then again, I did grow up in that era, too. And um, maybe if I grew up in the 70s and I saw Munson play, I would say that about Munson. So um, that's just my opinion. A couple other guys I did write down were uh, PED users, Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit, and Jason Giambi. Because those three guys were also, they had some very, they had very good careers not just for the Yankees, but in, in, in general. they I mean, Roger Clemens was mostly a Red Sox, but he played a long time. Of course, he had, you know, he used PEDs. So, I mean, I feel like if one doesn't get in, then Clemens shouldn't get in. And even Pettit, to that extent, which they say he really only used uh, PEDs to help him get back from an injury. Um, of course, I mean, how do you kind of like, how do you delineate that line there and if you look at some of Pettit's numbers, I think his his ERA is it's like three nine three nine one or something like that. It's close to four, and I don't think they've ever had someone in the Hall of Fame with a career ERA that close to four. I I, I believe I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure they haven't. And and you know maybe so so I can I can see why they they haven't put Pettit in. 
it, it is interesting though uh, as far as how um, the Hall of Fame voting is and it, it's just interesting how Pettit's percentage gets so low it's like I think it was only at 33% or something like that it might have even been lower than that um, it, it's kind of sad too because Pettit was actually he was a very good pitcher in his day I, I don't I, I don't think I necessarily would say he's a Hall of Famer, though. Um, but he was a great pitcher for his day. Um, he was kind of, he was borderline. Um, but, uh, but I think when you're comparing, I, I wouldn't compare Pettit to Scott Rowland. I'd have to compare Pettit to, like, Mike Bucina or somebody like that. Like, But then when you throw in the PEDs, then you're just kind of adding on something else. And uh, as far as these other two guys, Clemens and Giambi, you know, it's the same thing, of course, um, that you have with Barry Bonds and Clemens and, and you know, anyone who did steroids. Um, but uh, one other guy I did want to mention, though, too, was Fred McGriff, who did get in the Hall of Fame, of course, on the contemporary ballot, I, I believe it's called, back in December. He played 19 seasons, had a 289 career uh, batting average, actually 284. He had 493 home runs. Um which I believe is around the same as uh, Lou Gehrig had. Um, he got 2,490 hits, 377 on base percentage, 1,550 RBIs, and a 134 OPS plus for Fred McGriff, which is higher than Mattingly, Bernie, and Scott Rowland. Um, no, um, I, I just found that kind of interesting. And also, another thing I noticed about Fred McGriff is that he didn't win one gold glove, which kind of surprised me because I... I Remember Fred McGriff being more, being a pretty decent first baseman. At least I thought he was defensively. Um, obviously, offensively, he was a very good player. Uh, I never actually really thought of him as a Hall of Famer either, either though. But he was always one of the best players in the game during the time that he played. So that's it's kind of interesting. And in some ways, like like I was saying before about how the the history of the game was really. It's like does baseball want to maybe baseball should focus on more more um, on the Hall of Fame of featuring its the history of the game and just showing who who the best players during each decade were during each uh, generation and not necessarily focusing on just the greatest of the greats like yeah sure that's how the Hall of Fame started out when they when they first um, inducted the first few Hall of Famers, it was only for the greatest players of all time. And that was like Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, you know, guys like that. Guys you knew were Hall of Famers. And if you were on that edge, that's it. You weren't a Hall of Famer. So, so now it's a little bit different. And maybe they should maybe they should think about changing things up. But that's just my opinion. Um, I, I just feel like it's, it's probably... Um, I do like Scott Rowland. I think that Scott Rowland was a very good baseball player, and I'm glad that he got his um, his turn to get into the Hall of Fame because I do think that he should get his due. Um, so that's just my opinion. Um, I do think that, though, that it would be nice to see like Dom Mattingly and Bernie Williams maybe get in there because if you're not going to let some of these uh, steroid guys get in, then maybe if... if uh, a guy like Scott Rowland maybe could open the door for maybe even a Don Mattingly or Bernie Williams. And you might say, like, yeah, Bernie Williams and Don Mattingly, they fell off the ballot already, so they're not even on the baseball writer's ballot. And it seems like just because they're off of the baseball writer's ballot, they can still be voted in later on on, like, the contemporary ballot 
or whatever ballot they change it to because it seems like they they change it pretty much every th few years. Um, so they could still get in um, on that other committee. And just because they get in on that committee, why is it any different? Um, because ultimately the Baseball Hall of Fame is it's a museum. So that's just my opinion. Um, before I let you go, though, I just wanted to mention about uh, a few uh, – I just had a few trivia questions for you guys this week. Um, and on the next episode, I will uh, give you guys the answers. The first question is, who got the first postseason hit in the history of the current Yankee Stadium? I'll repeat that first question again. Who got the first postseason hit in the history of the current Yankee Stadium? That's the first trivia question. And you could send the answers to historicpinstripes at gmail.com or you can even comment on Facebook on, on, on any post that you see. Um, so that was the first question. Second question. The second question is uh, 12 Yankees were on each of their World Series winning teams from 1949 to 1953. How many of those players can you name? 12 Yankees were on each of their... World Series winning teams from 1949 to 1953. How many of those players can you name? And one last question here. Can you name the first manager to guide a World Series winning team after starting that same season managing a different club? And you could send the answers to historicpinstripes at gmail.com. And those are the three trivia questions for this week here at on Historic Pinstripes. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Before I let you go, one last time, I just want to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Movie Theater, Time Machine, Free Your Geek, Psych Your Crime, and a bunch of other podcasts and streamers. You can go to www.4041media.com for more information. As always, thank you again for listening, everybody, and go Yankees! <laughs>